Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast, everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. I'm Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. So what exciting topic do you have today for our listeners, Len? Well, Dean, recently I had the uh, great experience of speaking at your regulatory compliance school. And in one of those sessions, I spoke about the importance of CRA assessment areas and how they're delineated and how dramatically CRA assessment areas affect performance expectations. I began by asking how many of the attendees had updated their CRA assessment areas since the census tracts changed at the beginning of 2022. To my surprise, Dean, the room was split nearly 50-50. I was shocked because it's mandatory to keep your public file CRA assessment area maps up to date. And literally every bank in the entire country had to revise their assessment area maps as of January 1st of 2022. Uh, In other words, a year and a half ago, I looked at back at our previous podcast and discovered that we had discussed CRA assessment areas when our podcast series first began back in early 2021. So I thought, we, we might want to discuss a refresher on why assessment area delineation is by far the most important CRA-related decision a bank can make, but too many bankers seem to take a casual approach to the matter. Yeah, I was actually shocked as well, Len, when you asked that question at our compliance school. So where do you want to start? Well, first, of course, I want to reiterate that every bank in the country, everyone listening who's a banker to this podcast, should make certain that they're Assessment area maps in the public file are updated to reflect the new census tracts, which were in place at the beginning of last year, and make certain that they are in their public file. If they haven't done so uh, since the new tracts were officially adopted by the FFIC on January 1st of 2022, they could be in trouble because they would be in failure uh, of the regulations requirements and be guilty of a violation. So first point is, to everyone listening is make certain that your maps and your public file reflect the new tracks that went into effect in January of 2022. Yeah, well, I'm certain our listeners don't want to violate any basic requirements of the regulation. And what you say is certainly an indisputable part of CRA. So once banks have updated their CRA assessment area maps, you're saying that bankers should go beyond that, that they should carefully can reconsider how they've delineated their assessment areas, not only to update them to the latest tracks, but to determine their alternative configurations and how they may affect the performance expectations of regulators? Oh, yes, absolutely. You are 110% correct. You know, CRA performance expectations are determined by what is called, quote, performance context, end quote, in, in the regulation. By that, the regulators mean three critical considerations. Number one, the unique characteristics of the bank, including its size, its resources, product and service offerings, and its market strategy. Second, the demographics of the communities within the CRA assessment area. And number three, the credit markets in the local communities, particularly HMDA reported mortgage lending and CRA reported small business lending. 
these three basic types of facts are the core considerations every bank must account for when they determine their assessment area configurations. Any change in any assessment area delineation reflects the first set of facts. In other words, the bank's identity and its own characteristics. And, but it determines the second and third sets of facts, namely the community demographics and community credit markets. So these factors are directly and immediately involved in the performance standards that regulators will apply. Well, I'm certain our audience wants to know more about the interplay with these performance context facts and how they drive regulatory performance expectations. So why don't you dive in? Yes. Well, ever since 1995, when the last major revision to the Community Reinvestment Act was put into effect, all banks, regardless of size, have been subject to the CRA lending tests. These tests are basically four in nature. Uh, Number one, there's the assessment area ratio, which measures the adequacy of a bank's lending volume when it's defined communities, and you're supposed to have at least 50% of all your loans that are measured by CRA within what you've declared are your primary markets known in the regulation as the assessment area or areas. The second test measures what are called conspicuous gaps and contiguous tracks, and it identifies if a bank has been overlooking large geographic segments of its community. The third test is uh, the penetration rate lending in the low and moderate income tracks, the LMI tracks uh, within the assessment area. And it looks at the bank's Humda reported lending and small business lending in the assessment area, low and moderate income tracks. And then finally, the fourth test is the so-called borrower characteristics test that evaluates the adequacy of a bank's lending to low and moderate income borrowers in their mortgage portfolio and to small businesses with less than $1 million of gross annual revenue. So the question on every CRA officer's mind is, what do we have to do to get at least a satisfactory performance rating on our CRA exam? And to know the answer to that question, a CRA officer not only has to know what the CRA tests are, which I just quickly reviewed, they must know what the standards are for each test. So if you know the test, but you don't know the standards, you're in never, never land. And as you know, the answer to that question about the standards, uh, they must know how the standards are determined. And that is where performance context comes into play because performance context determines the performance standards. Every possible combination of sensor tracks that constitute a potential assessment area has its own unique set of performance facts. Can you explain for the audience how performance context facts affect performance standards? Perhaps give us maybe an example. Yeah, that's a great idea, Dean. Let's take the lending test that measures a bank's lending in the low and moderate income census tracts within its assessment area. Now, examiners will look at demographic variables and credit market variables uh, in determining the standards. Specifically, the examiners will look at the relative distribution of owner-occupied housing by census tract income class and compare that demographic benchmark to the geographic dispersion of a bank's Humda reported mortgages by tract income class. So for example, if 30% of the owner-occupied housing in the assessment area is located in the LMI tracts, examiners will expect that a bank will lend at least 65% of that percentage, or in other words, just under 20%, in the form of residential mortgages in the area LMI tracts. 
Similarly, examiners will look at the local residential credit market to see what other Humda reporters have extended to the local LMI tracks. If 20% of the Humda reported mortgages in the assessment area were extended in the area LMI tracks, examiners will expect a bank to originate at least 80% of that amount or 16% of its Humda mortgages in the community LMI tracks. It's very obvious, Dean, that adding or subtracting tracks from an assessment area configuration will have a direct and immediate impact on the performance standards the bank will be subject to. How a bank delineates its CRA assessment area has big implications for what is expected of it in the CRA lending test. So Len, you've made a pretty clear case for banks to take a serious look at how they've uh, defined their assessment area, but aren't there serious like limitations on what they can do? Well, subsection 0.41 contains the prescriptions and the proscriptions regarding assessment area delineation. The regulation, to many bankers' surprise, does allow quite a bit of flexibility as long as you aren't overtly redlining, that is avoiding low moderate income tracks or minority tracks, majority minority tracks. The regulation and the Q&As explicitly say that bank can modify its assessment area to the area, quote, can be reasonably expected to serve, end quote. So going through the exercise of reviewing your current assessment area and evaluating your options is well worth a bank's while, and the bank has plenty of flexibility in doing so. So why inflate the CRA performance standards with a casual thought through or think through or unrealistic assessment area uh, configuration? Life is difficult enough without unnecessarily inflating your CRA performance standards. So I encourage our listeners today to think about this, to understand and give it the time it deserves to delineate your assessment area in a way that is not only technically compliant, but is realistic and ideal for your bank. And this can be done by looking at different permutations. Len, I've sat through many mapping sessions with you, and I just find that that visual effect when we're working with financial institutions to show them the impacts of delineating that assessment area uh, are just, you know, it, it, it really is, it's, it's exciting. I mean, the exercise that we go through when they can get the visual, they could see it on the map and they say, wow, um, I just think that that is just a great experience. And I would encourage anybody not to just sell my services or sell our services, but um, I, I really encourage people to, uh, to reach out and, 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 and undertake that exercise. This is indeed very interesting and informative topic, and your advice to our listeners should be taken very seriously. Um, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio with Geodata Vision saying, we hope you enjoyed today's broadcast and found it informative. Please send us your suggestions for future podcast projects. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.